RadioArchives.com presents The Cholera King, the 31st adventure of The Spider by Norval W. Page, writing as Grant Stockbridge, read by Nick Santamaria. Richard Wentworth, wealthy man about town and master of disguise, devotes his life to the pursuit of justice for the downtrodden, the poor, and the helpless. Donning a wide-brimmed black hat, sinister black cape, and a pair of 45 automatics, Wentworth prowls the streets of New York as his alter ego, the Spider, Master of Men, challenging criminal masterminds bent on enslaving or destroying humanity. Wentworth's loyal fiancée, Nita Von Sloan, and Sikh manservant and warrior companion, Ram Singh, accompany the Spider on his quest to root out evil, the only clue to his deeds of justice, the dreaded Red Spider Seal left on the foreheads of those he has killed for the good of mankind. And now, the spider's thrilling adventure, The Cholera King. Chapter One, The Black Cross. Richard Wentworth's high forehead was marked by a frown as he stood at the aft rail of the SS Bremen, a forty-five caliber automatic in each hand. He told himself sharply that he was foolish to be suspicious of a man who had challenged him to this shooting match. His constant need for alertness against bitter, ever-present enemies was making him overly cautious. But the uneasy feeling persisted. A shooting match compelled him to turn his back on a man he did not know, a man who was holding a loaded gun in his hand. A clay pigeon arched out from the lower deck where a steward was operating the traps. Wentworth's right-hand gun blasted from the hip. The target smashed, rained fragments down upon the frothing wake of the ship. Of course, Nita Van Sloan was behind him, too. She could watch the man, but she was unarmed, and it had seemed foolish to warn her. A second target skittered to the left, and his other gun shattered that. He turned and smiled at the man who had challenged, glanced toward Nita. "'You see why I dislike to accept your wager,' he said to the man, whose name was Frank Hoffman. Hoffman was young, with a high mass of curly blonde hair. He had a hearty laugh, but somehow, this time, his laughter did not ring quite true. "'You're good,' Hoffman conceded. "'But my chance is coming.' Nita Van Sloan called out sharply, "'Dick!' Wentworth whipped about, snapped a shot at a target which had almost reached the sea. Its fragments made little circles of splashes. He did not look about again, but stood relaxed, guns hanging at his sides. When a target offered, he automatically lifted the weapon nearest the pigeon. His thoughts were not on his shooting. They did not have to be, even though he was giving a really remarkable demonstration of target work. Men usually fired at this type of target with shotguns, aiming carefully, following the target with the muzzle. Wentworth was snapshooting. He had always maintained that there was nothing remarkable about his accuracy, that any man who gave it the same amount of time, who had had to depend on his guns for his life, as Wentworth had, would develop the same ability. He had practiced tirelessly, and his guns had stood him in good stead on many a perilous campaign against the underworld, to the suppression of which he had pledged his life. Subconsciously he counted the shots, four, five. He carried seven in each gun, one in the barrel chamber, six in the clip. Impatiently he dismissed his suspicions of Hoffman. There was a black speck there on the horizon, where the setting sun gleamed like a sullen fire. The speck was too large, too steady in its flight to be a seabird. But what would a plane be doing out here, so many miles from the shore? There was no transatlantic flights underway. Six, 
That left one bullet in the right gun, three in the left. He used the left one on the next target. That speck was a plane, approaching very rapidly. Six. That left one bullet in the left-hand gun also. Behind him, Nita Van Sloan screamed an abrupt warning. Dick, look out! Wentworth did not whirl as most men would have done to see the cause for that scream. He relaxed all the muscles of his body and spilled himself prone. While he was still falling, a gun barked, kept on barking behind him. He hit the deck, rolled, his own guns coming up. Hoffman was crouched, his young face savage, his lips twisted to bare his teeth. Three shots had sped from his gun, cutting just above Wentworth. As he fell, a fourth bullet wanged down the steel mesh below the railing. Wentworth steadied his right-hand gun coolly. His left arm was pinned awkwardly beneath him and squeezed the trigger. A cry burst from his lips.